Welcome to Listener's Advisory, the San Diego Public Library podcast. Once again, Banned Books Week is upon us. On today's show, we revisit a popular Season 1 episode which details librarian efforts to fight censorship. So stick around. This should be fun. The American Library Association's Office of Intellectual Freedom reports that in 2020, 273 book titles were challenged or banned. Between school and public library closures, and the rest of the world essentially shutting down, censorship still managed to run rampant. However, librarians and library workers have a long tradition of fighting censorship within our institutions. One expression of that fight is Banned Books Week. Well, Banned Books Week is our annual celebration of our freedom to read. It's really remarkable that over 200 years, the United States has had a provision in place, the First Amendment, that grants everyone an absolute right to read, speak, uh, associate with who they want to associate with. An important part of that is the freedom to read. I'm Deborah Caldwell Stone. I'm director of ALA's Office for Intellectual Freedom. What that means is that on a daily basis, I work with libraries, library workers, and trustees on defending the freedom to read in libraries. Deborah Caldwell Stone has long fought on behalf of our intellectual freedoms. At ALA, she served in leadership and advisory roles, dealing with everything from internet filtering to the USA Patriot Act. As a professional intellectual freedom advocate, she makes the case for its place in libraries. Well, in library land, intellectual freedom is the freedom to read and inquire without the government looking over your shoulder and really anyone looking over your shoulder. The ability to explore ideas without being disturbed. And it's really a larger concept as well. Uh, Intellectual freedom really goes to the inherent dignity of every person to make up their own minds, to form their own identity. And reading and accessing information is an important part of that. What you believe, um, your politics, your religion, all that's formed by reading. And so defending intellectual freedom is really uh, an important thing about defending individual human rights and the ability of everyone to reach their full potential. Unfortunately, libraries have not always been bastions of intellectual freedom. It's true that libraries haven't always defended the freedom to read in libraries. In fact, they were rather insistent for many years on using library collections to enforce conventional morality. But that changed over a period of time, primarily in the 1930s, as librarians across the country started to observe what was happening in Nazi Germany and the suppression uh, of thought there, the burning of books. Former SDPL librarian and local historian Rick Crawford notes that San Diego is no stranger to censorship efforts. In his article, The Last Temptation of the Book Censors, he recounts the 1963 effort to remove the book The Last Temptation of Christ by Greek author Nikos Kazantzakis from the San Diego Public Library. Despite the title receiving critical praise, it was claimed that the book was, quote, part of a communist conspiracy to destroy the morals of our youth and undermine Christianity. Clara Breed, the city librarian at the time, understood the stakes and refused to remove the book. As a librarian, she likely saw it as her duty to defend the public's right to read. First and foremost um, is understanding the obligation of public libraries and public school libraries in particular 
to defend First Amendment right to access information. And that leads to strong policies that uh, address collection development, that address the right of the user to access information. But probably what's most important is the professional ethical commitment of library workers uh, across the country to set aside personal belief and ensure that there is a broad diversity of thought in the library for everyone to access and, and to vow to fight censorship, whatever and whatever form it takes, whether it's a request to remove a book or demand to stop offering a program. It's become part of the professional ethical obligation of librarians across the country to prevent that from happening. Many library systems throughout the United States and beyond point to three specific documents that detail these ethical obligations. The Freedom to Read and Freedom to View statements, as well as the Library Bill of Rights. They're statements of professional values that outline a path for libraries, library workers, library trustees to bring intellectual freedom to life. Intellectual freedom can be a very stale philosophical concept, or it can be lived. It can be applied in daily practice. And those documents not only outline what intellectual freedom means and the commitment of librarianship to defend intellectual freedom, but they also provide a path to making that real for library users, library workers across the country. And in you know, really it's up to the individual library worker, the library trustee to read those documents and to figure out how to apply them to their daily practice in order to assure the library users intellectual freedom. The San Diego Public Library's collection development policy also points to these documents not only for guidance, but as statements of organizational values. Well, as a public library, we wanna make sure that people are fully aware that the public library exists for everyone. Um, everyone has a right to access to information, no matter how controversial. Um, the freedom to read, um, freedom to view, and the Bill of Rights is an extension of the First Amendment. Um, so we wanna put it out there that we are fully in support of the First Amendment in those particular statements, um, which come from the American Library Association. That's Robin Gage Norquist. She's the supervising librarian of technical services and oversees collection development for all of SDPL. Well, we occasionally have patrons um, that come to staff complaining about a content of a book. Typically, they're pointing out harsh language or violence, and it really doesn't go beyond them just giving their opinion about the content of a book. Um, but if someone wants to actually challenge a book being in the collection, um, they just need to let us know and then a form is given to them uh, to fill out. It's, um, it's called the Request for Reconsideration. What it does is it forces the patron to really let us know, one, that they've actually read the book um, completely, and then to also point out what, what are the issues with the book and also what they would recommend um, in its place. Should a patron choose to pursue a challenge, there is a process. I have to uh, convene a committee of staff and we look at the content of the book, what the challenge is. Um, we also look at the era in which the book was published because that could be a factor in why the content is the way it is. Um, so I have to do research. Um, if the members of the committee are not familiar with the book, they will tend to do research before we have our meeting. 
And then we kind of uh, talk it out. We come to consensus as to whether that book should be kept in the collection or not. And then we make a recommendation to the library director. And then once the library director gets our recommendation, then it's uh, up to the director to get back to the patron and let them know what our decision is. And then the way that I understand it is once that decision is given by the director, they can still appeal it to the board of commissioners. Correct. They can still appeal the decision um, and, and go from there. I have never had anyone appeal um, our, our decision. What challengers should understand is that getting a book pulled from the collection is generally an uphill battle. Um, well, if you look at the Library Bill of Rights, um, it includes a statement that we use a lot of times when we get a challenge and that statement is libraries should challenge censorship in the fulfillment of their responsibility to provide information and enlightenment. So in general, we're always going to support keeping a book in the collection. All that being said, there are instances when it's practical to remove books or other material from the collection. Um, But there have been times when there's been justification for removal. I think one of the, the big issues is if a book contains incorrect information that could be harmful to patrons. We've had DIY electrical books where the publisher has found a, a mistake later on and the publishers reach out to us and let us know, hey, you need to remove this book from your shelves. So those kinds of issues, um, we always try to be careful about weeding out medical books that are older, um, legal books that are older because it's giving incorrect information to our patrons. Of course, there will always be shifting cultural values, difficult and challenging material, and certainly exceptional instances. And while SDPL has no hard and fast rule on removing material from the collection, our guiding principles are clear. Well, if you look at the freedom to read and the freedom to view um, and the Library Bill of Rights, that is our stance on censorship. Obviously, we we don't want to censor information unless there is a really big reason for us to do so. And that's where we have the reconsideration um, process. Banned Books Week 2022 was happening internationally September 18th through 24th. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks again to our guests, Deborah Caldwell-Stone and Robin Gage Norquist. As per usual, thanks to Pete Meisner and Luke Henshaw for contributing original music, and a major thanks to Tamara Hildebrand-McDowell. Tamara is a payroll specialist whose attention to detail and internal customer service makes the ever-challenging work of management that much easier. For more information on the resources mentioned in today's episode, please see our show notes or visit us at sandiego.gov forward slash SDPL podcast. This podcast is supported by the Library Foundation SD. For more information on the good work they do, visit librayfoundationsd.org. If you like what we're doing here at Listener's Advisory, please consider sharing our podcast on your social media, leave us a rating or review via your favorite podcast directory, or tell someone you know about us. Thanks in advance.